and his opening line is, "Oh dear, where do I begin?" <laughs> yeah. oh, a Cthulhu right. by any other name, man. Like I don't know. All right, all right. right. Save, save, <laughs> that, save that stuff for the show. We're wasting content. Yeah, content. I'm also pissed because Mallrats too. <laughs> Welcome to Breaking the Panel. I am not the rock god of podcasting, Charles McFall. He, uh, you know, he's just not very serious about his commitment to the show. Uh, so he's not here tonight, uh, so I'll be in the driver's seat. I am, of course, Soapbox Clots, Soapbox GSTU on Twitch and Twitter. And I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime, none other than uh, Philip Keating. Hi. Oh, my Lord. Uh, this was the best San Diego Comic-Con I can remember in the last... 10 years oh yeah this this episode is gonna be all about beefy, the comic con beefy beefy also joined by chris wisdom i as well was very 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 pleased and am dehydrated after this <laughs> and we have a special guest who has been made complete again who who snuck into the tail end of last week's episode none other than bill of run jump stop you can't get rid of me. <laughs> we don't want to. Yeah. We don't want to. <laughs> uh, yeah. So of course uh, we are. We're recording on the twenty fourth of July, right after San Diego Comic Con, and this was a testicularly draining Comic Con. <laughs> this was the juiciest of juicy Comic Cons. This is, and I, I said it before. This is probably the best Comic Con. For, for new reveals and new information as to what's going on in years. Does anybody disagree with that? Mm. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's just jump right into some of it. Uh, first, the big, the big news. You know, we always talk Marvel. MCU Phase 4 announced. I'm going to run through the list real quick, and then we can break down some of the, the finer details. Films coming up. We got Eternals. We got Shang-Chi. We've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We've got Thor, Love and Thunder. We've got Black Widow. And uh, this was clarified after the fact. I, I read uh, Kevin Feige stated this is not part of Phase 4, but the casting was announced for it. But Blade is getting done again with the best casting. We'll get to that a little later. Uh, TV shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Wanda and Vision, Loki, What If, which I believe is going to be animated? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And Hawkeye. So let's let's sink our teeth into this. Uh, let's start with Eternals. Eternals is coming very quickly here. Next year. Oh, oh. So, I'm so stoked. Uh, Philip, Philip, talk about it. I, I can't. I don't. I just, I know that I'm excited. Um, what, the Eternals is just, um, I, I know I'm a big fan of Marvel Universe. Like, I'm in the middle of reading the new Silver Surfer Black um, which really gets crazy deep into, you know, the different galaxies and, and everything going on in the universe. But I'm excited because my boy, Kumail Nanjiani, is making his debut in a superhero movie. I'm such a big Kumail fan, and I, I've always has been, uh, has been, Jesus. Yo, I has been a Kumail fan ever since his podcast, uh, The Indoor Kids with him and Emily. And his career has just been skyrocketing since Silicon Valley to the big sick. And now, you know, he's just going to be in, uh, in a movie next to Angelina Jolie. And, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, what, uh, uh, Selma Hayek? Yep. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, let me let me list this off a little bit. Uh, so they're claiming that they're going full Jack Kirby, and that's a direct quote. Oh. Uh, this will be in theaters November 6th of 2020, assuming they don't shift it around because they like to do that. Uh, director Chloe Zhao. 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 Chloe Zhao, I believe. Uh, can't talk about the film. Uh, we have Richard Madden as Icarus. That is Rob Stark of Game of Thrones. Good to see him back in the saddle in a major production. Uh, Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Angelina Jolie as Thena, Lauren Ridloff as Mockery, Mackery, Salma Hayek as Ajak, Kumal Nanjiani as Kingo, Liam McHugh as Sprite, and Brian Tyree Henry as Festos. And yeah, that's that's a star-studded cast. Uh, there's a couple of names in there that I don't recognize. I don't know if anybody else can jump on any of those, but that's this sounds awesome. Absolutely crazy. I'm probably most excited for this because I don't know anything about any of the characters at all. I don't know anything about the Eternals. So this is all like going to be brand new to me. So that's why I'm excited for it. So, I, I, I don't know a lot about the Eternals either. I never really well, got into them. I have a few of the comics, but I, know, I don't know that I've ever really read them. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like Bill and Chris. I, I haven't read a single Eternals comic yet. Uh, but I, I'm over the moon. Like anytime they've, they've proven it, like they've pretty much nailed the sci-fi part of Marvel. And I, hopefully this isn't the first stumble, but except for Thor dark world, but we're not going to talk about Thor dark world. Um, I just, actually we are. Well, yeah, probably, but I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. And this cast is going to be so, uh, so the, I think one of the things that got me the most excited about it was was just the hoping because when you say you're gonna go full Kirby, me as a comic book guy, the thing that I want is I want the I want to see the Kirby crackle. Yep. On on screen, that's what I want. Like I I want their effects department to go nuts and give me some 3D realization of the Kirby crackle. But I want it to be obvious of obvious enough that you're like, holy shit, that's that's the Kirby crackle live in my face. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Eternals number one came out in July of 1976. Uh, so says Wikipedia and I have the same, same position as all of you. Like I I've heard of Eternals, but I've never read it. I'm not super familiar with any of the characters. I think that this is going to be, as long as they nail this in the way that guardians of the galaxy was nailed, this will be the next potential guardians of the galaxy. Right. Because what was beautiful about that is a lot of people, even casual comic fans, really didn't know about the Guardians before. Mm -hmm. They might have seen them in various video games because they were getting promoted in the lead-up and everything, but they didn't really know who the team was. And honestly, that film was a complete reinvention of at least half the characters. Especially that, and that lineup, period. Yeah, that lineup. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's... This is an opportunity to to tell a brand new story in Marvel, but have it be connected to the rest of the wider world. And I mean, it's it's going it's going supernova. You know, it's like it's it's going deep space. Uh, I love cosmic Marvel. Cosmic Marvel is super fun. Uh, that you could, they can do their weird and wacky stuff in cosmic Marvel, and that is what I am most excited about. This. I'm excited as well because Suzanne, my wife, um, she kind of stays away from news now. She's off Twitter. She's off Facebook. She's off everything. So, like, she won't know this is coming at all, and she doesn't know the casting, except that I told her that Kumail got casted in a movie for Marvel. Uh-huh. And she's a, big, she's a big Cosmic fan as well, and this comes out three days after her birthday. 
So it's uh, going to be like a perfect dinner movie kind of night for the two of us. So we have uh, the next film, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, this has been rumored for a while. And, and here we are. It's here. Um, Chris or anybody, anybody read Shang-Chi before or read anything the, with Shang-Chi? The only time I've ever really read Shang-Chi is just like if he was in a crossover, you know, like on Iron Fist or something. And I wasn't, I wasn't like a, a, a big Iron Fist guy either, but so I know a little bit, not, not enough to speak intelligently about him, which is so, and it's another good thing. I, you know, they, they, Marvel has always done a really good job of taking those, those obscure characters and using what the people that do know about those characters in an effective way that you don't alienate them, but being able to take these unknown characters and take chances and risks on them. Even Iron Man to a certain degree, like, yes, people knew who he was, but you got to remember when that movie came out, everybody's like, why Iron Man? Mm -hmm. So, so one of the interesting things about the casting for this is the lead has been given to Simu Liu, uh, who is a stunt performer. This is not a major, like high profile actor. As far as I know, I've never heard of him. I haven't, I don't recognize his face. Like I'm looking at his image in an article right now. He doesn't jump out to me from any films I've seen recently or anything like that. So this isn't like an up and coming guy that maybe just not everybody knows about yet seems like the and, and the reason i mention this is one of the biggest things about iron fist on netflix that people had huge issue with issues with from the beginning was that the kung fu was terrible like the the fight choreography the actual action the fights in a show that is about a kung fu master were terrible and i don't think we're gonna have that problem again i i have a, a distinct feeling that getting a stunt performer means they're getting somebody who's actually an expert in martial arts and is going to really slide into this role, you know? Do you guys think that there'll be any, uh, any link to Iron Man one when, when Tony was kidnapped, they were talking about the, he was kidnapped by the 10 rings or whatever. I, I think that depending on where this takes place, like, I don't know how long, the life of this this conflict will be or where this mandarin comes from i think this guy is either going to be the current holder of the the mantle or he may very well be the origin the progenitor of the ten rings and maybe somehow through mystic means he's old enough yeah to be in current times so I, it's gonna be one of those two things yeah because uh they they have <laughs> announced the casting for the mandarin it won't be another fake out situation like iron man 3 uh this is going to be the real mandarin presumably with the real rings presumably with the real power uh that's going to be exciting another exciting casting attached to this is aquafina uh the, the the comedian i don't know if everyone's familiar with her i'm a big fan of her every everything i've seen her in she makes me laugh uh she's been her profile's been rising lately uh she was in crazy rich asians if i recall correctly she was in the uh oceans eight oceans the the all lady oceans film mm. uh, the only thing she, i've seen her in was a jack black youtube video uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh well she's she's a rapper and comedian uh i'm excited to see what they do with her they haven't announced what her role is yet but uh it's 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 cool to see th this is i think marvel's answer to the to the clamor after iron fist where like people were like there's not enough representation of actual like asian american or asian canadian asian british uh actors in the mainstream you're not doing these stories justice these are you know these were 
kind of playing off the, 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 the growing hype of like the Kung Fu craze of the seventies, uh, particularly like Shang Chi literally came out after enter the dragon. Like this was to, to play on what people were gravitating to at the time, uh, what people were finally getting, getting interested in. So I think this is Marvel's response to that. I mean, like we're getting the right people, we're getting them out there. We're going to do it right. And we're going to prove that what we did with Netflix doesn't matter anymore because uh there's another thing that kind of sends that message too we'll talk about that later when we get to blade uh moving on the next film on the list is dr strange in the multiverse of madness we we're talking about this in the pre-show if you're not a patron of this show go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel uh you get the live uncut pre-show and post-show reel and interbreak reel of us just kind of shooting the shit uh, when we talk about what we're putting into the show notes and we talk about random topics, sometimes we talk about topics that don't make it to the main show. You go check that out and you can see the, the live uncut video. And if you've ever wanted to look, know what Phil looks like sans pants, that's typically what yep, our patrons that's, get that's, to see. It's a good place. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is being plugged as a Marvel entry into the horror genre. But what about New Mute? Oh, no. Let's not talk about <laughs> uh, That film that may literally never come out? It will when I'm Disney sure. Plus comes out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, of course, with a name like In the Multiverse of Madness, my first guess when I was told that this would be a horror film is, so that means we're doing Lovecraft, right? We're doing something with Cthulhu or one of the other, you know, old gods, elder gods, however you want to call them. Uh it's unclear, but it sounds crazy. Uh, Wanda, you know, is going to be Scarlet Witch is going to be involved in this story. What, what do you? What's your guys' take on this? I I, I think you're right. Um, I mean, of course, it's Marvel, so we won't get Cthulhu. We'll get Shuma Gorath. So yes. they should have they should have you know nice tie-ins with the uh, the arcade one up uh, <laughs> Marvel cabinet, right? <laughs> with Marvel superheroes. Um, but you know, same, same character, different name, essentially same character. I don't want to say the exact same character, but, uh, I think uh, hopefully that's where they'll gravitate to. And maybe we'll get some more, um, Dormammu interplay in there as well. You know, maybe he has to pull him out of the time loop. Maybe we'll get like <clears throat> actual person Dormammu instead of like entity Dormammu. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Marvel's been just, they've, they've been pretty consistent with here's your villain. Now we're going to throw that villain away and never come back to them. You say that, but when we get to the shows, there's a, a turn on that, a little bit of a turn. Um, that, well, that's true. And, you know, and, and the villains that I find myself defending the most are the ones that do stick around because they didn't kill them. And like Zemo, I like, I really liked Zemo as, as the villain. Like he wasn't the big, the big ritzy Boy. villain, but I liked what they did with him. Have I got some news for you then? You know, I know that news already, buddy. I know that news already. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's, it's the ones that stick around. I, I feel like those are the ones that the fans are most vocal about is like, what the hell was that villain? I'm like, well, do you want him to stick around or do you want to say what the hell was that villain? Yeah. Uh, so to this note, uh, the WandaVision show will lead into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because Wanda will be on that show or be in that film as well. Uh, so, oh, and it will feature Nightmare, ruler of the dream dimension as the main villain. Yes. Sort of. Played by Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It certainly is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait. I really can't. Um, I know that Cargill wrote the first one. Um, does anyone know if Cargill's coming back to write the second one? 
I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. See Robert Cardwell because he has, uh, he's he's done horror. He's uh, Sinister was his horror film that he did, uh-huh. and uh, it was it was very popular. So, um, I would hope that you know him having great script last time they'll just bring him right in and he'll be able to fit in perfectly since he's already you know written a couple horror films nightmare man <laughs> hmm. yeah chris what's, what's going know. on i don't know man i still like uh. what's with the when, vigorous tapping chris yeah, I'm, trying, done? I'm, just trying, I'm trying to figure it out sorry i'm just trying to figure it out because if <laughs> if 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 I'm DC and I'm making this movie something similar, I'm okay with going into the dream realm and getting Sandman. I, I don't have, I don't have it. I don't have an issue with nightmare. I just, I would almost rather see a uh, black heart, I think on movie before mm-hmm. I see, before I see nightmare. You but, think we can, can we, can we fix black heart after ghost Rider? Uh, after what? <laughs> ghost Rider doesn't really exist. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have to worry about that. Do you think? Do are we gonna get? Are they gonna remake Ghost Rider with Dude, Nicholas with Nicholas Cage as Ghost Rider again? Yeah, this is their chance to do it. I mean, oh, they already did it on uh, what was the TV show? Shield. Uh, Shield. Shield. Yeah, I never watched it. Well, so the sales pitch for remaking Ghost Rider with Nicholas Cage is that they don't need CGI anymore. <laughs> so they just film. Oh, yes. oh, <laughs> that's just that's just so very mean. Well, well, to be fair, they only did the CGI to get him to tone it down a little bit. They're like, "Hey, can you play that down a little?" And he could, just kept giving it to him at an eleven. Uh, I mean, you know, bring back the Con Air mullet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next big film announced was uh, this. This won't be coming out until November 5th of 2021, but it is the fourth Thor film, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, which is Taika Waititi coming back to the franchise. Torwoki. Uh, <laughs> All right. God bless you. Yeah, what was uh, that? It's it's an old Magic the Gathering card that. Oh, okay. <laughs> that Chris, is, Chris is reminded of that card every time he sees Taika's name. I'm just uh, excited that Korg will be back, I hope. Yeah. Oh, that's what we all hope for. Everybody, especially Charles, wants Cork. Especially back. Charles wants Cork back. Uh, the film is going to be pulling from the recent The Mighty Thor comics, which have starred Jane Foster as Thor. And of course, that was the big reveal. Natalie Portman walked out on stage with Mjolnir and was like, "Yeah, I don't hate this franchise because <laughs> Disney backed up a truck full of money to my house." Uh, <laughs> and what I'm speaking to, of course, is uh, Natalie Portman has reportedly hated doing the Thor films. Like that's why she didn't appear in the third one other than reused clips. And uh, it was actually kind of remarkable that they, she came back to do uh, Endgame and do some voiceover and stuff for Endgame. Uh, but yeah, no, she's going to come back as Jane Foster as, uh, as Femme Thor, however you want to call, you know, female Thor. Uh, I, I posited that I thought the best way to, cause my first response to this was, I love Natalie Portman as an actress. She's great. Mm-hmm. But to me, she does not possess the physique of a God of Thunder type character. Well, but you don't get uh, your, uh, the, you get that from Odin's enchantment on Mjolnir. Yeah, like, yeah I know. But it's like, it's not, it's not the same. I mean, even, even bro Thor, you know, chonky Thor <laughs> still looks like a, like a Viking warrior. 
I uh, didn't. I mean, she did say on stage. She goes. Uh, she said something about I'm going to have to start working out or something like that. Like she made a comment. Yeah. She was holding up Mjolnir. So my my thought was though they should handle this like Shira or Prince Adam, and have her transform into Thor with the, with the hammer, and then just have Gwendolyn Christie play. Because <laughs> that would be incredible. I would sign up for that. I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, in a world with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman or Gal Gadot, I, I don't. She, I think she did a great job. Yeah, I, and she did. Yeah. You're right. But that's that was a, that was one of the the most uh, common complaints about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is she's very she's a very slight has a very slight build when compared well, to this Amazonian I, princess. <laughs> yeah, but I I never got that vibe with with her. Like especially. She's one of the sh- the few shining bright lights in the DCEU. Well, yeah, her acting over, well, <laughs> I mean, well, over no, Adam and her, yeah. even, She looks the part to me. I mean, I'm just saying Natalie Portman is a very small woman. Like, hmm. she she's a, a, a small creature. Yeah, uh, but I mean, even in the comics, though, like, Jane never really, like, hulked out. You know, I don't even know. She just she just wasn't a cancer survivor, you know, or a cancer patient when she was in Thor in Thor form, but she wasn't. Yeah, like she wasn't really big or anything either. I get what you're saying, but you know, well, I think see, look, all the images I saw showed like a what I kind of would expect out of like a Valkyrie type character or something like mm-hmm. that, like a stature. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm sure that I, I'm positive that that if they decided to go in this direction, that it's going to be great. Can we talk about how the logo for Thor: Love and Thunder looks a lot like He Man? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Can we talk about how the logo for Thor Love and Thunder was taken out of Windows 95 uh, <laughs> Word where you can make those those banner logos? I remember yeah. making those. Oh, oh man. Font program yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this- I, I love it. I think it looks great. Oh. I, it's, it, I can almost hear the metal playing when I look at yeah. the <laughs> picture. So, so I... Uh, <clears throat> for for botch we have a a patreon episode called space vikings and that's exactly what i want my logo to look like uh whenever my artist gets it back to me i texted her right when it, this this logo for thor came out i said yeah do this just take <laughs> this put my words on it and then uh send it over so i can get stickers made Windows yeah. 95, dude. You already you already solved your own problem. Hey, yeah. Download Windows 95. <laughs> hey, hey, Phil, for the for those listeners curious about Space Vikings, Space Vikings, where can they find that? They can actually find it coming out on the regular feed in August. Whoa. As we prepare for Dragon Con 2019. Wow. 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 Of course, this leads us to the last film to talk about, which is coming out next May. Black Widow, with Scarlett Johansson returning in the role. Uh, we'll look at the past of the character and take place right after the events of Captain America: Civil War. David Harbor is set to come back, at, or set to play a character named Alexei. He was in the Suicide Squad, right? What? David no, he no, he's, he's from Hellboy. he's Hellboy. No, 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 but he was in Suicide Squad, wasn't he? Didn't he have a meeting with uh, Wallace? I have no idea. He was in know. something bef- before Stranger Things went big and or right around the time it was going big. I would have to look. Anyways, I, I thought for the a Green second, Hornet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he Seth was Rogen in Suicide Squad. No, no, yeah. He, um, no, he was in that. But yes, he was also in Suicide Squad. Okay, yeah. So he was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, because he had a sit down with uh, Amanda Wallace. 
Waller. Anyways, what? Waller. Waller. But you're good. Waller. You right oh, yes, sir. Yeah. I was just saving you emails. Yeah. Marcellus <laughs> Wallace, my bad. <laughs> Does he live? <laughs> <laughs> Do not finish that. Uh, for my sake. Uh, let's see. Um, so now I feel bad. So, you know, we've talked about this before, uh, where these actors get into this super trim shape to, to portray these, these, these superheroes. And we've often thought, well, man, you know, like, what's it like to take a break and then have to jump back into that? Now we got to talk about what's it take to go from David Harbour and Stranger Things to Hellboy back to David Harbour and Stranger Things oh, over to Taskmaster. Like, can that, is he just doing prosthesis or something? Like, are they hooking the guy up? Wait, Taskmaster? <laughs> he's not playing Taskmaster. Isn't that who it was? He's uh, a he, character named Alexei. Yeah, no, well, he's playing um, like the Russian equivalent of uh, Captain America. The Red Guardian. Oh, that's right, the Red Guardian. Oh, that's right, right. Red Guardian. That's right, that's right. Well, I can tell you how he's going to lose that weight. He's going to talk to Christian Bale because he knows how to drop, you know, 90 pounds in 40 days and he'll that's be cause fine. That's because he's method and the drugs help. Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're, it's, you, it's just pronounced meth. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. I, I've always liked David Harbour. Um, okay. Stranger Things is that last season of Stranger Things and his, you know, Magnum PI-ness kind of just hey. hit me at all the right right levels. It's cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, okay. So I'm doing a little digging here. David Harbour is playing Alexei Shostakov, who is Red Guardian, which is the basically the Dark Avengers version of Captain America. Uh, Yelena Belova is going to be in this, which is played by Florence Puff. Hoff? I can't. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, a sister figure to Romanov, trained in the Soviet Russian Red Room. You know, one of the other assassins. Uh, but uh, Rachel Rachel Wise of uh, the Mummy is Melina, a trained spy. So she seems like she's going to be the the teacher type person. But Ray Winstone has been cast in an undisclosed role, and Tony Masters slash Taskmaster will feature as the primary antagonist of the film. So Taskmaster is in it, mm-hmm. but we don't know who's playing Taskmaster yet. I'm stoked. I yeah, love Taskmaster. Yeah, uh, oh, damn it, you beat <laughs> my joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love I love Taskmaster. I think it'll be great. Um, I don't think it'll be Keanu Reeves, but it could no. be. Well, it doesn't he wear as a mask all the time, right? You don't get Keanu Reeves and then put him in a mask all the time. Right. You need a good actor like Paul Giulmani. <laughs> uh, he's still waiting for his rhino check. You know, there's, there's a third movie being made. Let's just we can pray to Bezos. and Bezos. So that brings us to the last movie that was announced, though. It, again, to emphasize, this is not part of Marvel Phase 4. Uh, Feige said this will not appear until phase five at the earliest, but Blade has been announced with Marshala Ali as Blade and possibly the best casting since Wesley Snipes. <laughs> that guy's a fantastic actor. I, he, I've never seen him in anything that I didn't love him in. Uh, he's fantastic all the way back from, was it the 4,400, right? He was in that. You guys ever watched that show? I heard good things about it, but I didn't see it. It was a fantastic show and he was in it and he just, he, he, he takes any part that he's in and just makes it 
makes you believe that he is that person. And I loved him in that. I loved him in uh, Luke Cage. Cool. And mouth. I, I uh, yeah, playing his Cottonmouth. Uh, and well, hey, if you needed one more piece of confirmation that uh, all that Netflix stuff is uh, getting thrown in the trash, well, there you go. Well, yeah, and that, that was what I was hinting at earlier. This, is, this speaks definitively that Marvel slash Disney's approach to the Netflix film, or not films, but shows, is that they do not exist in the MCU. Because yeah. there's, there's no way you could reconcile casting a major villain as one of the main heroes in the franchise. Sure you could, because he's undead now. oh man uh yeah i'm looking at his filmography uh he's been active since uh 2001 2002 or so did a bunch of tv um he was in predators from 2010 i don't know if you guys remember that Mm -hmm. predator film uh that was actually you know it didn't like re jumpstart the franchise but it was pretty well received by a lot of people who saw it uh hunger games he was in part one and part two of mockingjay um moonlight hidden moonlight. figures yeah moonlight he was in green book uh he was the voice of prowler in spider-man mm. and the spider-verse he was just this year also in uh alita battle angel which he was good in yeah uh he was on true detective so yeah he's he's done a lot of stuff in recent years and pretty much everything he's touched has been incredible that i've seen so i i was super stoked to hear that casting uh, I'm really excited to see his take on it. I'm excited to see how they approach the character. Uh, you know, are they going to lean into the way Wesley Snipes did the martial arts with the character? Or are they going to go a bit of a different direction? Maybe downplay that stuff. And I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Cause I imagine they're probably not going to do a carbon copy. Did, did they confirm that it's going to be rated R? I think I read that someplace. I believe so. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. Well, well, and um, what was I reading today? Oh, uh, Wesley Snipes came out recently and was like, hey, much love to you. Good luck. Let's see what's yeah. going on. But of course, he did his, he did his Twitter uh, response uh, very politically. So now people are like reading into it and they're like, wait, does this leave the door open for him entering? No. I'm like, come on, guys. He doesn't pay his taxes and he beat the shit out of Halle Berry. He doesn't get to come back. Um, so real... <laughs> Real yeah, quick before we jump into the TV side of this, was there any movies that you were expecting to hear and uh, was a little disappointed that we didn't hear anything about? Well, there's a big one. Well, well, well I was going to go around. What's, what's your big one? No, go ahead. Hit everybody. Hit, hit everybody else first. Because I think Christopher? mine's you're up to. Uh, not really anything that I wasn't... Okay. That, that I've it left me wanting more. Sure. Bill? They didn't really, I mean, okay, so they didn't talk about these things at all other than Kevin Feige said, oh, by the way, X-Men and Fantastic Four are happening. We're just not talking about it right now. See you later. Bye. You know, that, yeah. that, like, that was his last thing at the very end. So I, I expected that we would hear something about X-Men, something about Fantastic Four. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not disappointed that we don't because if you look at the list of stuff we have, uh, and it's so far just movies and just for the next two, uh, what, two and a half years, like we got a lot of movies to watch in, in this universe and I'm excited for it. So I, I don't know that I'm disappointed. Uh, I was just surprised, I guess. You know, and that's, we didn't even talk about the ramp up. I mean, 2020 is the slow year with only three movies released, yeah. only three Marvel <laughs> movies released. And then 2021 comes out swinging with seven 
seven flipping movies. What? I think we're going to be talking about it again. Um, their their release schedule. I think they had uh, boxes up of uh, oh to be well, or whatever, yeah. and that's what oh, What If is on that yeah. schedule. And there's seven slated for 2021. So I I foresee us in probably second and third quarter 2020 talking about uh, Marvel fatigue again, as yeah. we say, hey, do they have too much on the schedule for one year? Well, so the 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 big one that was missing to me was where's Guardians of the Galaxy three? I I was cool with them not. Not. So I mean, we, just, we 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 know we know that Gunn's back, right? Uh-huh. Right, but that's a pretty recent uh, thing for him to come back. So, like, they might have a lot of work to do, and that's well, probably why they didn't talk about it. I I imagine I would guess that because they were in pre-production for that, so I imagine a lot of the groundwork was there. <laughs> the script, they were they had the script, is my understanding. Of course, there's always revisions, but. I, th- I think they had the basic outline, but I imagine one of the, the big issue is like, because of all the uncertainty, they couldn't find somebody to fill his seat. And then the actors essentially revolted. I mean, my, my, my guess, this hasn't been confirmed publicly to my knowledge. My guess is ultimately the reason he came back is because collectively the actors are like, you need to get him back. No, no, no? this was actually, this was talked about and released that Disney hired him back within a week or two of them firing him. And it wasn't announced until recently. Really? Because what happened was they looked at how he handled the firing personally. Huh. And said, oh, yeah, no, okay, yes, this, this makes sense. But by then, he already had the DC Suicide Squad contract signed. Uh-huh. So there, I, I actually understand not getting Guardians announced because yeah. I, I think they want to wait until Suicide Squad 2. Is, is which we will forever call Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. I will now. I'll write that down. Suicide yeah. Squad. Um, but I was actually surprised we didn't hear anything about Deadpool three. I was a little shocked. And now that I hear that Blade is going to be rated R, I'm. I, I have a little bit easier feelings about Deadpool three. But with that said, like we have D23, the Disney conference coming in a month, right? That could, that's at the end of August. So possibly we'll hear a little bit more um, of the Fantastic Four or the Mutants or, or some of these other properties that we haven't heard yet. Well, so, so my guess would be with Blade, I think they're going to open the door to doing Marvel Knights. Oh. Is, is my gut. And I, and I think if you, you do Marvel Knights, you might do Thunderbolts. And if you do Thunderbolts, that is the perfect way to bring Deadpool back in, in my opinion. Throw him in the mix. Uh, whether you make the Thunderbolts be his opposition in a film or he teams up with them or something like that, that's probably the cleanest way to get Deadpool into like a film or a team film again or in a film that can absorb some of the focus with multiple characters without having to handle the fact that you have to reinvent all the X-Men again for the umpteenth time. Sure. But I could be wrong. I could be dead wrong. I was just wrong about the James Gunn thing. So, you know. Do, do you guys think that we'll ever get Deadpool as part of the MCU? I mean, his his tone is so different than everything else. Like, it is gory and filthy, and it's really funny, and I thought it was really good, but I don't see how you can – I don't know if you can bring Deadpool into the MCU – and have him, he certainly can't behave that way. 
And is it still Deadpool if he doesn't behave that way? You know what I mean? It's kind of... And see, and I think he's the perfect one to thread that needle. Like, I think you can bring Deadpool into not just MCU proper, but into the Disney Plus cartoons if you want. And you just have that fourth wall breaking realization that why is it every time I say it's a beep, it's a, it's a beep and beep. What oh. is going on? You know what I'm saying? It, it just, you, you have that ability and like he slices somebody. He's like, why is there no blood? I would have blood normally. And you just, you <laughs> that would be awesome. Stop. And as the dude's yeah. getting knocked out from, you know, essentially a Tonfa stick attack, but he should have been dissected if it was a Deadpool movie. And, and he should vocalize that, not understanding what's going on. So the rest of the audience is like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. That's- but we're with it. We're with it. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Chris, that is, that is an incredible idea. <laughs> it, I, I think you can do it. I think but, you, can, you can weave them in and out. I, I think you actually can, Bill, because Deadpool's whole thing is everybody in the Marvel Universe hates Deadpool. So if you just have him pop up as a cameo and then him being like, oh, yeah, no, let's go, guys. And everyone's like, get the hell out of here. No, we don't want you on the Avengers. And he just saunters, sadly walks away would be the most Deadpool thing to happen. Um, but I want to real quick touch back on the, the Marvel Knights thing, Paul. Yeah. I, I actually am starting to believe you because we know that we're getting a Morbius film or, or show or something soon enough, which inches us ever so closer to the Moon Knight something, the Moon Knight uh, television show or the Moon Knight movie, well, which, which I've been wanting since. There's been rumors that Moon Knight is in their sight, so it could be one of those like eleven odd unannounced oh, projects. I, I really do think it's gonna. I think Marvel Knights. I think they tried Defenders with Netflix. By the time they built up to the Defenders, it landed with a thud. But those shows still had such an audience that it proved that people care about that part of the universe. You know, the the not necessarily insanely powerful aspect of the universe, and that's something you can do with Marvel Knights. They can still be powerful. I'm not trying to downplay the the overall power, but it's not cosmic level. It's not, you know, Hulk or Captain Marvel or whatever scale stuff. Mm-hmm. Marvel Knights is grittier. It's more real. It's more rooted in, in real life. It tells the story of real people, I think, more often, uh, which is something that the Defenders collective sub-universe uh, on Netflix did pretty well. It told human stories. It, not to say that the MCU doesn't do that. It's just it has such a broader picture that it doesn't get down on the street level quite like that so much. Uh, and I think Marvel Knights is a perfect way to do that. And I think Thunderbolts is, in a, again, a logical procession point to that. And I think you can... They've already basically said that they're going to do rated R stuff. They're just going to have to be careful how they do it. And... I think a, a series of films that are in the rated R you know, side of this new version of the MCU is where we're going to see Deadpool land for the most part, but maybe do some crossover. You're going to see Blade land into the rated R section and probably still show up in something else. Just obviously, you know, reined in a bit. I, I definitely think there can be interplay. They can do anything they want at this point. You, you can absolutely go hard in the paint for rated R aspect of the MCU. The, the money's there. Deadpool proved it. Right. But you can't do it in, and, right. and I know of it in like the other, like you can't do it in the next, well, not Captain America. You can't do it in, in the, in the Wanda vision show. No, you know what I mean? but you, 
it, if you look at the way the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy handled things, you can still do somewhat edgy humor and you can still oh, have a lot definitely. of punchiness in the dialogue. So Deadpool can drop down, if you will, mm-hmm. clean up his mouth, do something like Chris was talking about where you break the fourth wall and he's getting edited. Because Tony did that a bunch. There are a fair amount of times where Tony was about to, you know, you felt like he was about to say something really vulgar or whatever, and he doesn't. And I think you can absolutely do that with Deadpool. You can do that with Blade. You can probably do that with a lot of the Marvel Knights type characters. And I think there's a lot of potential there. I, I think they just need to they need to approach it the same way that Gunn approached Guardians of the Galaxy. How do I toe the line within the MCU without going over and offending people, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, keep people on the edge of their seat as far as they're laughing all the time, they're genuinely invested in these characters, they're genuinely invested in the events that are happening in the film. Because, I mean, Guardians got pretty dark. I mean, there's all this, like prosthetics humor and stuff like that like there's a way to navigate those waters and get there so every metaphor i have is a sailing metaphor (laughs) Uh, let's let's hit up the television shows real quick uh we got falcon and the winter soldier the buddy cop show that we all dreamed of about four years ago (laughs) finally coming to fruition and of course uh, we mentioned earlier daniel brule will be coming back uh, sorry Mm. daniel brule will be coming back as baron zemo uh, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to see probably the most down-to-earth, realistic villain that was in all of the MCU come back. I'm excited to see some real motivations. Uh, some Again, to talk about like what was accomplished with the Netflix shows, I'm excited to see some more street-level, real stories being told, and I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier can probably do that. What's all of your guys' reaction to this? So I'm super happy. I know I, I read something, what, within 24, 48 hours of that news dropping that he would be, and it might have been, it was either uh, Stan, um, somebody did. So, anyway, uh, comic accurate costuming for, for Baron Zemo. Ooh. So, was that so, like the purple mask dude, yeah, right? The purple, yep. So we'll see what that equivalent is. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they play that up. Um, so I'm excited. I do wonder where this leaves um, the the TV division, the Marvel television that was still under Perlmutter. Um, I wonder if when Disney Plus comes out, if those guys get any piece of it or if they're strictly on the network television island and it's it's all Disney and if you want to come over, you don't answer to, uh, to Ike. <laughs> my, my gut tells me that Feige and the MCU crew and probably Disney proper are pretty tired of dealing with Ike and probably just want to be able to be free of dealing with all of that. Which is why I don't understand why he's still there. Like, well, yeah. you know, it's that's, that is a Disney decision. Make him go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of those, it, it might be one of those things where just from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense at this time. He might have a, a golden parachute set up into his contract or something that makes it so it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what do you, what do you do when, when somebody's protected somehow in your organization, whether you know they have a golden parachute or something like that, and like it's not effective just straight up fire them? What do you do? You drown them out. Like what what do, pe- what do bad managers do in retail when they don't like you anymore? They stop giving you hours. They take away all your power. You know you get scheduled one shift a week in perpetuity until you quit on your own. But think- he's not a bad manager, and The Godfather Two came out like forty years ago. I know exactly how to handle like Perlmutter. <laughs> <laughs> take the cannoli. No, uh, no, that's that's the first. That's the first. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a dead hooker, and uh, you know. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. You know, 
tie off the limb and let it fall off. You know what I mean? Uh, moving on, we've got Wanda and Vision. Um, you know, I got to be honest. Wanda and Vision is the one that I'm probably least excited for. Wanda Vision. Yeah, yeah, I can't say Wanda Vision. It, it's dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> Wanda Vision. I'm going to pause every time I say Wanda Vision. I'm going to be like, Wanda Vision. Uh, Wanda Vision. I hate it. Um, however, what's cool Wanda about this? Vision sounds like a boy band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this will be including now grown up Monica Rambeau, which is the daughter from Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is exciting. People have talked about would would we have a future with her with that character because they were setting it up, and here we are. We know that that's going to happen. Uh, I I'm. Okay, so what I was saying is I'm the least excited for this one of everything that's been announced. However, I do really like both of the characters. I like their portrayal in the Avengers films. I'm excited to have my opinion changed. I don't understand how this is going to work. It's like they didn't get to spend all that much time together. Am I wrong? Do I not understand this right? They didn't get to spend a lot of time together. Where is When is this show taking place? I would imagine basically between Age of Ultron and infinity war right no clue yet i think the only thing that we know is episode count at this point and so far all they're shown is six episodes yeah so. that's the other thing they went on like two dates and it was over <laughs> i i kind of felt like once at the beginning of uh not Endgame, uh infinity war it seemed like at least a few months that they had been in europe on the run yeah house of m uh, uh, i the Hollywood Reporter has an article saying that this could be an adaptation of House of M. I don't see it. How do you do that? I, I don't know. I'm just you don't reading, have... a, I'm reading a headline before I click the article. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that that's possible. Uh, the other show that kind of got lumped in with this is Loki, which is going to be on Disney+, Plus, uh, starring Tom Hiddleston coming back as the titular character, uh, following an alternate timeline Loki from Avengers Endgame. So this pretty much confirms that Infinity War, Death Loki, that that Loki, that version of Loki is dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we're not, you know, just dead. D-E-D, dead. <laughs> uh, but following the one that escaped during Endgame, sorry if you haven't seen Endgame, but... That's your problem now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. If you haven't seen Endgame, you don't want to see Endgame. Yeah, if you haven't yeah, seen Endgame, you just true. don't care at this point. Uh, I mean, also, you're, you're, like, not, you're not listening to this show. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're one of like 10 people on the planet that have access to technology that just didn't go see it because everybody saw it. It's the most Endgame is now the most successful film of all time. Oh, they've uh, got plenty of technology and they use it to let you know that they haven't seen Endgame and they'll never see it. <laughs> So they oh, just you mean, go into that that factor of vegans and CrossFitters. <laughs> are, are they are they this, the, this the same community that's never watched an episode of Game of Thrones and they're proud yes. of it? Oh my god! Uh, so Loki show. Uh, what's everybody's take on Loki? Yes. Are you done with them? Or are you ready? Oh, you're okay. I, Bill's ready. Yeah, I'm yes. ready. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready as well. As I love him. Anyway, yeah. I, I was watching one of those random videos when you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube the other day talking about how he auditioned for Thor and then showed the clips of his audition. I mean, and he, you know, he worked out hard. He got the blonde hair going. He was really getting into it. I'm just so glad that he cared about it so much and they saw that and they were like, you know what? You're not, you're not our guy for Thor, but we like you and you're our guy for Loki because he is, I could not imagine anybody 
in in Hollywood that would be a better Loki at this point. Mm. I just can't see it. So I'm excited to see what they do with this. Um, Why do we think that all the letters are different? What do you think that means? Uh, different realities, man. Uh, are we yeah. going to get different kinds of Lokis through through the series? This is going to be Loki being Loki being Sam Beckett. This is what it's going to be. Oh man, <laughs> are you kidding? Oh man, it, it's a shame Charles isn't here because he loves Quantum Leap. I love Quantum Leap. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Let's let's look at the style here. Doesn't that L look a little bit like uh, like the Hulk, like the Incredible Hulk logo? As I, I recall, open it back up. I wasn't looking. Uh, oh my god, it does. Right, right. So that's that's a little bit tasty. And then the O looks very, I don't know, Iron Fist-ish. Yeah, or K- yeah. Celtic something, something, yeah. The other thought I had is maybe Doctor Strange, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's got that similar visual style to the Strange stuff. Uh, the K is really, that looks like 70s to me a little bit. It's got some sass to it. I don't know. And then the the eye. Green Lantern. <laughs> Confirmed. Yep, almost definitely. Green Hornet. Green Hornet and Green Lantern. And Green Kryptonite. All in one. Right yeah, there. Green Kryptonite. Yeah, I don't know. It, it. I do like that you called out that all the letters are different because that does imply that it's going to be bouncing around the multiverse, which is, uh, it's cool. I'm down. I'm excited to see that. It'd be interesting to see if they had different actors playing loki on different episodes oh, i don't no. think they'll do that but no you don't think so because like loki has been known to change his gender before oh yeah there's that shape and change change a lot of th- into a horse <laughs> like oh boy if you if you, if you read Ga- uh, neil gaiman's north mythology i mean loki changes himself a lot but that's literally just norse mythology <laughs> and i i know but um <laughs> Yeah, when I was reading that, I think last month, I was like, okay, (laughs) let's see where this, oh, okay, there's a little one now. Oh, weird. That's how how his daughter's created, is it not? (laughs) Uh, You know what I think is I think he's going to jump around and we're going to get to see different versions of, you know, the Marvel Universe with different aesthetics and vibes. Right, kind of like how Flash, the Flash show, did when they started bouncing through their multiverse. Mm-hmm. You got like the like kind of steampunky, retro futuristic version of where everything's like essentially the same, but tech went a completely different direction. And everything looks like it did in like the you know the twenties, you know before the, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think they'll do something like that, which could be awesome. And they might also jump around time. I think. Are, are- are they going to do a redemption arc with him? Because this is this is evil Loki. We shall see. see. You know, but I don't. Was Loki ever evil? He's just yes, jealous. He's just that jealous, selfish little brother. Is what he was. I don't. I. I don't. I don't know that I ever felt like a true evil vibe come off of Loki. Just he that, killed eighteen people. <laughs> is what they said in the movie. Yeah, but that's those are humans. Those aren't beneath him. It's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's I'm not evil because I exterminate the ants that come in my house. And yet you throw Steve from Stranger Things under the bus whenever. That's, yeah. well, well, okay. So do we want to talk about how Billy has been redeemed? No, no. no. <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on to what if before Chris gets himself in more trouble talking about stomping out the vermin. Uh, so what if it's gonna be animated and uh, 
as Philip pointed out earlier in our host chat on Facebook, and Chris rudely rebuffed him, uh, you can see Marvel Zombies Captain America in the image for What If in the background. What? What if, mm-hmm. what if seems spicy. <laughs> So it's animated so they can essentially do whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. There's basically no limits. Uh, you could get anybody to come in and do the voices, you know, so you can get the voices that everybody's familiar with. Uh, they yeah. got a lot of them, too. Yeah. Well, they uh, get like four, and then Rob Paulson will do the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> there is approximation. Yeah. Yep. And then we'll talk about how those... <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Paul, I can't listen to Paul talk about voice actors struggling anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what if sounds promising? It's a ways out, though. So what I'm hoping for what if is I'm hoping it'll, lead, it'll end up leading into my dream Marvel project, which I've talked about a couple times, is because I think it's also supposed not just is it, not only is it animated, it's an anthology movie as well, as I believe I read. So what I've always wanted was an amazing stories anthology television series and just brand it Marvel Comics Presents like the old comic book and just give me little stories yep. from just across the Marvel, the, whether it's the Marvel multiverse or just the MCU proper, I don't care. You know, like I, I, when I first thought of this series, I thought it would be totally cool if in the first episode you give me uh, an animated Howard the Duck a la the family dog on Amazing Stories. You know, that would be your animated piece. And then you know the the big piece of it would bring all of the actors from the movie in and show us what they talked about while they were eating the shawarma like just put them at the table eating the shawarma at the end of avengers and just i want the table conversation yeah so this is going to be a series that will debut on disney plus and uh will feature almost all of the mcu actors and actresses to return to voice their characters the show will also star actor jeffrey wright who you might remember as bernard from Mm. Uh, what, Westworld. Westworld. As the voice of the Watcher. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, that man has a powerful voice, and I'm excited to hear some narration from him. Yeah. And, yeah, I, this this just sounds awesome. This sounds like the dream, right? You're getting all the most of the actors back. You can do pretty much whatever you want. You get the Watcher involved. This is great. This is fantastic. And it takes place in the MCU. Do you think that any of the... Do you, like, do you think that there's any chance that, like, the weird stuff, like the Watcher, ends up in the rest of the MCU at some point? Because how the hell do they do that? So that's what I was just about to say, Bill. I wonder if they're going to use What If as, like, a testing ground to see what the public kind of responds, like, yeah, graciously for. And then put it into a full-length feature or or a non-animated show. Because that would be interesting to me. Like, they do all these weird different properties to see what hits well with the public and then use that as a jumping point to get them onto the big screen. You know, the other thought that I have here, and, and stay with me here. So, we, we talked in the past, and the this, this speculation by a lot of folks, and myself included, has been we're building up into the cosmic aspect of the MCU that the, I said that phase four forward would focus a lot more on the cosmic level events. And to some extent that is true. You know, we're getting eternals. The Dr. Strange film is maybe not technically cosmic, but if it does go the Shumagorath, 
way it is going to be cosmic, you're going to start, yeah, you're going to get the cancer verse and all that stuff. Um, a nightmare. I mean, yeah, nightmare. Yeah. So <clears throat> we have a lot of blanks in that schedule as Chris pointed out. What if, <laughs> uh, what if, what if is as Philip said, the testing ground to see what resonates with people, but that a lot of these things that we don't know what's going to happen with yet, particularly X-Men, Fantastic Four. I, I'm leaning more Fantastic Four than I am X-Men. What if a lot of those blanks in the schedule are a pivot reaction to the fact we finally got the Fox properties back? We have most of our universe back in-house again. We can kind of do whatever we want, barring some very small limitations at this point because they, they have rights to just about everything back now. I feel like maybe some of those blanks in the schedule aren't so much that they don't have a plan. It's that they, they are still reacting to getting those rights back. And now they can actually do things that they had dreamed about doing a few years ago, that there was no certainty was going to come together. I just think it's good that there's blanks because Jesus, we'd be here till next year talking about it. If there was (laughs) to put into Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is, yeah, there is information overload, and this was getting very close to it just for Marvel alone. Yeah. Well, and then in 2022, we'd be sitting around doing the mea culpas of the the movies that didn't show, like like yeah. uh, Inhumans with Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, boy. As- uh, <laughs> one last show to mention is the Hawkeye show. Uh, that is coming. And, you know, Jeremy Renner will be back as Clint. And notably, Kate Bishop is confirmed to be appearing on that show, which a lot of folks are excited for. There's a lot of Kate fans out there. Uh, Kate Bishop is the new Hawkeye in the comics continuity. And she has her cheering section. You know, there's a bunch of people who dig that character. Uh, the character has stuck around for a few years and has gained, gained a firm footing. It's exciting to see, and obviously for representation's sake, uh, there's going to be a lot of young women out there that are going to have another character that they can look to for inspiration uh, to see themselves reflected in in the material and in the MCU itself, along with uh, the young Rambo as well. You know what I mean? It's there's potentially a lot of exciting stuff going there. And honestly, I think like if you're getting, you start getting a couple of handful of younger characters like that, that are getting inserted into these shows, you're talking a team up show somewhere down the road, maybe young Avengers. I, I'm basically just always trying to thrust Young Avengers into everything. I, I want it. I need it. Uh, but we've also speculated in the past that uh, Kang might be a focal point of the MCU at some point. And Young Avengers, I always bring it up. Good time to bring in Iron Lad. Good time to start setting up who Kang is and who Kang can be. Let's wrap up the Marvel news. Uh, why don't we hit our break here? And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. Patreon.com slash Breaking the Panel is where you go to support the show. Now, we know that you all are crazy enough to listen to our little shit show here, but are you crazy enough to support? A lot of you actually are. Um, We've got a couple new patrons over the last couple weeks, and I deeply appreciate it all the way down in my deep, grinchy heart. One of the perks you get with the Patreon is the -the behind-the-scenes uncut editions of the weekly episode. Um, we record for about 20 to 30 minutes before the show starts. We talk in the mid, mid-show mid break and then the post-show. And a lot of that, you know, just gets cut out because it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the show. Maybe uh, at that point we talk about things that we're going to drop mid-show. Uh, things get weird. Things get heated sometimes. Uh, the only place to get that is over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. So support if you can. Any amount is 
perfect with us. And let's get to the second half of the show. See ya! And welcome back from the break. Uh, we, we spent the first half of the show a good hour's worth talking about MCU Phase 4, all the exciting stuff coming from Marvel, but not to be outdone. They got outdone, but not to, <laughs> not, to not compete at all. DC has some exciting news as well. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is, so with the implosion of the, the DC Universe service, the, the uncertain future of the service, the uncertain future of what Warner Brothers is trying to do with DC, with DC television shows, with their con- – we have no idea. There was a lot of uncertainty. So the Swamp Thing uh, cancellation, the, the day one cancellation, had a lot of people spooked about the other shows, uh, in particular Doom Patrol, which was very well received <clears throat> as an audience. Uh, there was a little bit of concern about the future of Titans. Uh, and there's always concern about the future of young justice because, you know, can't have girls watching it. Uh, <laughs> so Doom Patrol season two confirmed it's happening and it's going to be on HBO Max. And Chris, I know you have thoughts and feelings on this. Because so and you almost can't talk about them separately because we also got confirmation that not only is uh doom patrol going to be on hbo but we also got a renewal for young justice we got a young justice season four is going to be happening my problem is is they did not answer the dc universe question they failed to in fact they made it worse because doom patrol season two is going to simulcast on dc universe and hbo max what the fuck (laughs) i'm to the point i am to the point and i i'm the guy that that has I I got it. Um, I got the free preview to check out Young Justice, and I never looked back. I was like, okay, there are issues. That I have problems with the comic books that they that they have available on the site. I had a lot of little issues that I, I stuck it through, and I've got it since what March or April last year or this year. I've I've had DC Universe, and I've been happy with it. I, other than you know the things like Swamp Thing getting canceled. But now I have no idea what they want me to do. Is Warner Brothers really expecting me to foot the bill for two plus dollar a year services? <laughs> yes. Come the fuck but, on. I mean, why? Why would you? Why wouldn't you just go to HBO Max instead of like? Why yes, would you? Because they're not guaranteed. Because the only thing that they have said that's going to be on HBO Max is Doom Patrol season two. Oh, okay. Well, now that is stupid then. Yeah, they're not saying the rest of of Warner of Uni- Warner Brothers Universe is going to be on there. If if they would answer that question, if that just became a separate deal that you could have, <clears throat> um, it was all it was all combined, then I'd be in it. I'd be fine, and I'd be fine paying that HBO premium for it. But the way they've been billing this, or this, not the way they've been billing it, because they haven't answered a lot of questions. But the thought is that it's going to be a, a multi-tiered system. And if you're getting the HBO max, which gets you the HBO portion of it, then you're going to get everything underneath it, which should include DC, DC universe. They haven't said that. They've said that that doom patrol two is going to simulcast on both services. Huh? I mean, honestly, like if they don't, if they do not get ahead of this and announce something comparable to that, what you're talking about, Chris, they are going to get crushed by Disney plus mm-hmm. because, because Disney has their head in the right place on this. They're like, we're bringing all of our content in to one, one house. You're going to be able to get everything here except uh, that dirty, dirty stuff. None of that dirty, dirty stuff on Disney plus. Uh, but you know, they, they, they have a plan. They got ahead of all of this fatigue. You know, we talked about this before bill, you, you know, the first time you were hanging out with us on this show, we talked about the service fatigue, uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to unify everything, and you're not going to have to go to Netflix anymore for our shows and, and whatnot. And it's six ninety nine. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers has got to get their head around this. That said, if all the DC Universe stuff gets included with HBO Plus, or yeah, HBO Plus, was it called? Max. Max. They're Max. There's so yeah, many. Max, 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 Max Go Plus. Max and HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, HBO Max. Uh, if they include everything, it's even if it's a little more of a premium price compared to Disney Plus and some of the other services, HBO's catalog alone is probably worth it. Mm-hmm. If there are any of their classic television shows that you haven't watched, if you you know want to be able to watch random movies every month as stuff finally comes out to the you know the cable market, that sort of stuff, it seems like a no-brainer. To get all the DC stuff on top of that, that is going to get so many people who want to watch other things be like, hey, you know, why don't I check out this DC stuff that I never really cared about before? But you're going to have them in your app. You're going to be able to thrust it in their face and be like... You know, come watch Doom Patrol. Look how look at Brendan Fraser's back, man. He's back, and he and he's not running from no mummies. Uh, yeah, so I agree with you, Chris. I think they absolutely have to get a plan going on here. Because here's the other thing: the next topic we're in. Well, uh, little addendum here: Titans season two definitely happening. Young Justice season four definitely happening. That's good news. Uh, they're safe. You know, for everybody who cares about those, I still need to catch up on Young Justice, but I'm excited to know that there's going to be a lot more content for me when I finally get around to it. Uh, The other big thing that came out of Comic-Con was the Watchmen series full trailer from HBO. All of us watched it before this, right? I watched it today. Philip, Mm -hmm. you watched it earlier. Bill, you watched it. And Chris, you had already seen it. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I I spilled a little on myself. I, I think you guys did too, right? Yep. Philip? I... Oh, go ahead, Phil. No, 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 no. Bill, take it. Take it, Bill. I, okay, I have never read the comic. Okay. Okay, so Phil's looking for something to beat me with. No, no. Uh, my... I've, never, I've never read the comic. When I saw the movie, I hated the movie. I hated it. It was an awful movie. It was real bad. He's still looking for things to hit me. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, my hatchet is somewhere. I don't, I don't okay. hatchet. Okay. Uh, I'm, but I am excited for this show, and I cannot tell you why. I feel like the universe that they had in The Watchmen is incredibly cool and very, very promising, but I felt like the movie was just not fun at all for me, and I never read the comic. Somebody, a friend of mine loaned me the comic, and I had it sitting in my house for probably two years before I gave it back to him, having never opened it. So, <laughs> Bill, I'm still excited. Bill, what you just said is something that at least five of my friends have said back to me. <laughs> I've given them that book. Two weeks later, they give it back saying, I didn't read a single page of this. It, it's just, it, it's, it's a cursed book. Now, Bill, you said you watched the movie. Did you watch the the director's cut or was this no, the, no is no, this in the theater whatever no. yeah the theatrical you cut. gotta give the three and a half to four hours and watch the director's uncut version of it no i don't because now i can just watch the tv show i win and i, no, I, I I'm, I'm all set you know the tv show nothing to do with the movie so if, bill's not wrong so if you've read the comic book and you have an appreciation for the comic book then the movie whether you saw the theatrical release and you had issues with it or you got to see the director's cut and you were like, oh, those are the problems that I had with it because it didn't have X, Y, and Z. It fixed that. But if you don't have a, a familiarization or a love of that comic, you're going into that movie blank. I don't, I don't really like this. And I understand that feeling. That's not to say that people that didn't read the comic, there aren't people that, don't, that do like it. 
but I understand completely where Bill's coming from. Um, I read the comic, uh, and it's, it's a very faithful adaptation. Um, I was never a huge fan of the Watchmen. There were things, there were things and ideas that I liked about it, but it's just so tin foil hat wearing dark for me that I'm just like, yeah, I feel like if I give a little bit of my soul to like it, I'm, I'll never get that back. And I, I don't want to be, I don't want to go down that pessimistic road. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite I'm, book. I'm, I'm so comfortable hating Steve because I'm a good person. Oh my God. I don't, I don't want to identify with him. It's okay. Like, You're wrong, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that is the thing, right? Like Watchmen is inherently dark. It's pessimistic. It's, there's not really a glimmer of very much hope. People, you know, Moore didn't really think that the future was bright and shining. Uh, he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we live in utopia. It's utopia now. Yeah, it was so much winning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so that's that's the thing. But, like, this um, – now, Philip, since you've read the stuff that's been coming out recently for – or well, you own the stuff that's been coming out recently. I've for, read up to six. Okay. Does does this show have anything to do with anything that's in actual comic books so far? I don't think so. Okay. So this is kind of like its own side slant on the universe, on what could be happening. Correct. I'm excited for that. Uh, I think it's, it, it's going to be fun to see somebody be able to go their own path in this universe. It That trailer is enticing. Like, it has excellent people in it. You know, uh, Regina King, right? That was, or is it Regina? Maybe I'm thinking of yes. the wrong actress. No, right, right. No, you're right. Okay. She's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, I've never seen her do a bad job in a film. You know what I mean? She, she's yeah, been fantastic. television show. Yeah. For decades, decades. And I'm excited to see her because it looks like she's going to be a focal point. Uh, I'm excited to see a lot of these other people. Even if I don't know all their names, they're, they're familiar to me. And I'm excited to see this interesting storyline and characterization. I'm stoked. I, I I think this has tremendous potential. I just hope it doesn't suck. But it's HBO, and I I, I mean, you know, D and D are off uh, working on Star Wars, so I don't think anybody can ruin it at HBO anymore. So <laughs> I think we're we're safe. Uh, anybody else have anything to add on the uh, the forthcoming Watchmen series? You think it's going to uh, be too weird for the general public? maybe well they keep making those um purge movies right <laughs> it's not any less weird than the purge people went to see us right well yeah but they also neither one of those examples has a giant blue man who lives on mars who creates his whole kingdom out of nothing uh well i'll tell you right now if if they show the giant blue digital dong again people will cry about it like they did last time yeah it wasn't veiny <laughs> enough <laughs> that has been that the public's reaction to seeing dr manhattan's dong is the most perplexing reaction i've like people obsessed about it and they're like why why i hate that that was horrible i'm like it's human anatomy what's the big it's not it wasn't like rigid (laughs) it wasn't wandering the countryside melting the vietnamese with a raging heart on i I like how you use human anatomy to describe the glowing nuclear man (laughs) congratulations but that's the thing it's like people like oh what there was the dong really necessary and i'm like i 
I just wasn't bothered by it. I was like, yeah, he's a giant naked blue man. They like, weren't necessary in dogma, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it a big deal in the first Terminator when Arnold Schwarzenegger is walking and it's flopping all over the damn place? Yeah. Like, my, we recently rewatched that movie and we were like, oh, I didn't realize he was nude. I mean, I knew he was nude in the movie because, the, you know, they got to teleport nude, but or go time travel nude, but I didn't realize, I didn't remember that they had showed that. And did anybody make a big deal when that happened? I don't understand why it's a big deal just because he's blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, th he was huge. I mean, like, <laughs> like he, he, he was gargantuan and right. stature. Uh, <laughs> they were like, what's Prefontaine equipped like that? How'd he run so fast? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just like, uh, it was one of the weirdest things that people like, glommed onto and just like couldn't stop talking about uh, in, in any case i'm excited to see what they do with this i hope it's great uh it, it should be exciting if it is i to the to the nudity angle i was just reminded I just watched another episode of uh chernobyl the other day and that is a great show on hbo it is a show that i have to watch like one episode every two weeks because it's so dour and depressing and horrific the, the, I think I watched episode four and it was especially horrific uh, because you started to see the repercussions of the people who got exposed to radiation and it's not pretty. But all they, they brought in all these coal miners to dig under the, uh, the facility so they could put something down there and they couldn't blow fans in because of the radioactive dust and so they all got naked like as like a half protest, half practicality thing. And so it's like 50 English actors with everything. Twig and berries on full display and I was just like... It's not something you see every day. And then was the follow-up scene, all of that flesh just sloughing off in the emergency room? <laughs> no, 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 no. They weren't directly exposed. Hey, please, please hold this for me. <laughs> no, no, not yet. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so that was one of the, like, I can, I can understand getting jarred, but, like, getting, getting jarred by, like, 50 willies is a little different than getting jarred by, like, just one giant. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can oh, I have to be the sound bite. Paul getting... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to the Watchmen real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trent Reznor's doing the, the music. Oh, it's going to be incredible. Done. Yeah. And that and comes out October of this year, guys. So awesome. I was so excited to see Don Johnson, or as uh, Chaz calls him, Nash Bridges. It's great when that's, you know, his touchstone. <laughs> uh, moving on in other DC television news. We're getting some of the announcements for Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover in the Arrowverse, the Berlantiverse, whatever you want to call it. Holy crap. Brandon Routh will be putting on the cape once again. Uh, I cannot remember his name, but the actor from Smallville will also be returning. Is that version, Tom Welling. Yep. that version of Superman. Uh, we are getting a number of uh, the original actor who played Robin on Batman 66. Burt Ward. Yep. Carter, Burt Ward is coming back? Yeah. What? Linda wait, Carter. Wait a second. Hold on. Brandon Ruth, it just occurs to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but isn't he the Adam? Yes. Yes. So how is... Okay. <laughs> he's, Multiple he's universes, right. my friend. Multiple universes. Multiverse. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's weird because he's not... Okay. Well, that's like the Blade film. Like, Blade can't fight Cottonmouth. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that would well, be Yeah, weird. but Cottonmouth, like, the, that the, that show doesn't exist. Right. They're bringing yeah. the same actor to, like, 
I hope they're on screen. See, I, I'm loving this because Bill can't get his mind around that, and all these old Richard Donner Superman fans are like, "Are are they about to make it canon again? Are they about to make it that exists now?" Because that his was a continuation of the Donner film, so we might not have Chris, but we got Brandon Ralph. And then um, I can't remember if it was Brandon Ralph or if it was Tom Welling was talking about. They, there are logistical issues getting a hold of the costume because I believe it's, I, it's somewhere as a display, something. They don't have quick access to it. I, I, I think it was Brandon Routh because that's when Brandon Routh like ripped open his shirt and he had the Kingdom Come Superman shirt uh, underneath him. So now uh, people are like, oh my God, is he going to be Kingdom Come Superman? Uh, I think they're reading too much into it, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, would love, I would love to see Gene Hackman reprise his role as Lex Luthor <laughs> with the wigs and everything. <laughs> with Gene, Gene. It's, it's his great return, right? Because he's retired? Oh, it certainly can't be Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I was going to say, do we go there? Do we get... <laughs> Maybe we could have said Brian Singer. Maybe that's what Lex <laughs> Luthor finally goes to prison for his sexual assault. I mean, you know, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna bring back Ralph, you know, Brandon Ralph, we're gonna bring back Brian Singer too. No, we're not. <laughs> Stop it. I can't, I can't. I gotta gotta get those shots in when I can. Uh yeah, it just sounds really awesome. Like even a, I think a lot of people are gonna tune in just to see how they handle this. I and, will. Yeah, I, I don't care about any of that at all. Yeah, I don't either anymore. Uh, moving on, uh, Snowpiercer. Some people might know about Snowpiercer. That was a film that was done that Chris Evans starred in. It was uh, awesome. It was an awesome film. It kind of flew under the radar. It was one of those things that popped up on Netflix, and Netflix like gave high high billing to get people's eyes on it and see Chris Evans. And people started to see it, and it's one of those word-of-mouth films. It's being redone as a television show with some pretty high profile people in it. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is in it. Oh. Yep. Uh, David Diggs of Hamilton and a whole bunch of other stuff you might be familiar with. He's in it. Uh, he is, it looks like he's going to play possibly the main antagonist. It's exciting stuff. Uh, the trailer's out. It looks very well made. Uh, I imagine they're going to tread much of the same material that was tread in the film, but they're going to have a lot more time to do it. Uh, Cause the, the one thing I will say about that film is like, you don't really get a lot of time to get your footing before things just start happening. And then you're at the end of the film and you're like, wow, that was a, that was a journey. And you know, okay. You know what I mean? You know, so, I, I have to say, I've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I think it's an awesome movie. I could not tell you anything about that movie except for there was a train and they had to go from one end of the train to the yep. other. That's all I remember. So the fact that it's going to be, you know, even if it retreads the same stuff, I'm like, hey, cool, because I don't remember anything. Yeah. Well, the, the, the main, the, without giving too much away, the main story is you start in the back of the train and you start with the small people who are living in, in dim, grim conditions uh, it, it looks, mm -hmm. I mean, it looks like a gulag or something. Uh, they're being mistreated by guards and stuff and they're, you, you, they're scraping by. And then as they travel forward in the train, conditions start getting increasingly better. And then you get into this, you see like this opulence and it, it's going through society. It's, it's exploring classism, but it's a 
post-apocalyptic setting where this is everybody on supposedly on this train. Uh, so yeah, that's the basic gist of it. Uh, that is going to be any article you read about it is going to tell you that much about it. I, a well-produced retake on this, taking some time to wander through this world could be awesome. Um, I'm excited. It looks good. It looks crisp. I have not seen the movie. <clears throat> um, is it a Willy Wonka spiritual successor? Cause that's the, that's the thumbnail I keep seeing in my Facebook. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, uh, somebody made a YouTube video about that a couple, like a couple of months back. And, it's just working wonders for them. Like they randomly made that video and then all of a sudden the show getting announced at Comic-Con has just been gangbusters for them. Uh, I'm going to change up the order here in our notes in a similar vein. I'm going to talk about his dark materials. Uh, This is another series coming along for anyone who's not familiar. This is uh, Bill Pullman novels. Uh, Imagine a setting that is like Harry Potter, but a little more serious, a little darker Phil Pullman, uh, not Bill Pullman. Or, or Phil Pullman, yeah. I always <laughs> Very do <that>. different dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we celebrate our independence. <laughs> uh, you may remember the Golden Compass film. Uh, it had, you know, Daniel Craig. It was made about, what, a decade ago or so. Um, did not really resonate with audiences. Fans of the, the source material were like, yeah, this kind of like was the cliff notes and left out a lot of great stuff and didn't didn't accurately portray a whole bunch of stuff and it kind of sucked uh it did have the best polar bear on polar bear action i've ever seen before (laughs) not me (laughs) that may change uh yeah so this uh this show looks uh, quite frankly it looks dope this is another show that looks really finely crafted has some really amazing talent involved uh (laughs) the big one for me that i literally like double fist pumped in the air was uh Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame. He's in this playing this like CD looking character. Uh, looks a little bit like a pulp, like a pulp fiction type Dick character, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, it's going to have magic. It's going to have, you know, kind of a steampunky vibe in parts. Uh, there's polar bears that wear armor and fight each other and other things. Really exciting stuff. Are any of you super familiar with this source material? Nope. Uh-uh. No, not nope. at all. Not even heard of it. So I'll probably land with a thud. And now I honestly, I think this will be one of those things that if people start watching it, word of mouth gets out that this is great. Uh, people will gravitate to it. But if they, if they flop on the landing, it'll just be dead and we won't see anything more of it. Now I haven't seen the comic con trailer, but I remember the teaser trailer was that a month or two ago that came out for it. Yep. And yeah. I was so, I was sold. The thing looks awesome. So I, I will, I will be checking it out with my, either HBO Max or HBO Max <laughs> Plus subscription. Max Go Plus. <laughs> uh, all right, move, moving on. So another big one that has people hyped is Star Trek Picard. We got a full trailer. And oh boy, the, okay, so the thing about Star Trek Picard is people are like, oh, is this going to be good or is it this just going to be awful? And then we got the trailer and we got to see who's going to be in it. Who's coming back. And quite frankly, it's incredible. Uh, Of course, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart returns, prizing his role as Picard. Uh, Man, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to give too much away. Data's back. Some assembly required. Marina Sirtis is back. And the, oh man, the, the, the stunning, out of nowhere reveal. Jerry Ryan is back as seven of nine 
he just turns around and she's there and it's like, what the hell? Nobody saw that coming. Uh, yeah. So the, we're getting characters coming back from Star Trek, the next generation. We're getting characters from other shows coming back as well. I really don't think that's where it ends. You know, my gut feeling is if we get seven of nine back, we're going to see other characters from Voyager from deep space nine, potentially uh, they might not all be major, you know, core cast people, but we're going to see, we're going to see some things. It looks great. I don't know what's going to happen yet. <laughs> the story uh, is still kind of fuzzy to me, but what, what was all of your guys' impressions on it? Start um, with Chris. How are they getting Janeway out of, uh, you know, prison? Because they've uh, got her over on Orange's New Black. So <laughs> and she's not age as so well confused. as... <laughs> you know? yeah. I was like, wait, she was in prison? Yes, yeah, for the last few years. Twice uh, well, but, we... We know Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan famously did not get along during the production of Voyager, so I doubt I doubt we'll be seeing any Janeway as long as Seven and Nine is on the show. But they could have patched things up by now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan. You know, we talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, Enterprise was, was that was my main jam as far as Star Trek stuff goes. I watched the original series back when I was a kid, on and they were showing reruns on Nickelodeon. Um, I watched all the movies, like. I'm I, Wrath of Khan's one of my all-time favorite movies, but um, other than that, I just wasn't big into Star Trek. I was kind of down on season one of Discovery. I wanted to see this new take, um, and it took forever to pick up. And then season two, I really wish that's where season one would have started, mm. as far as you know the good graces of the of the fandom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited that the, the trailer got me jazzed, and I, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, and I never really was a, a, a Next Generation guy. It was that was in my that's when I should have been into it when I was, you know, like a, a teenager, younger than a teenager, a tween teen. Um, I just never really got into it. So, but I'm, ex- I'm stoked. Bill. Oh, sorry, Philip. Uh, I'm, oh, go ahead, Phil. Whoever. I'll <laughs> take it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't care for Star Trek as everybody knows. I've only seen the worst season of TNG. <laughs> uh, this trailer gave me back tingles and uh, it looks really dope. But I'm still not going to sign up for CBS All Access yeah, to watch yeah. it. Uh, you know, I'll just boot up Sea of Thieves and see what I can uh, pirate off the internet <laughs> if I really care to see it. Um, but with that said, like, ah, man, it looks it looks really good. And I've said this before, there's a lot of good sci-fi coming out, and it's good for everybody. Like the Expanse's new season trailer dropped. That looks incredible. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. And so now that we have CBS All Access doing good sci-fi, and now we have Amazon Prime doing good sci-fi, the Orville has moved to Hulu. So hopefully that can get another outlet for good sci-fi. Any good sci-fi I'm happy with. I just won't watch all of it. Mm. Bill, you were going to chime in? I... Picard is my captain. Like I grew up watching the next generation. I, I remember watching uh, very late at night, uh, watching um, the, the original series with Kirk and Spock and all that stuff. And I really enjoyed it. But when the next generation first came out, I was just, I was, it, it blew me away. I loved the characters. Uh, I loved how intellectual, Picard was about everything where Kirk was like, I'm going to see something. I'm going to do something like right now. He didn't stop to think about things. 
Picard always thought about everything and they took everything that was Star Trek and kind of turned it on its tail. Like they had him wearing red shirts. Uh, it, it was odd. The Klingon was, there was a Klingon on the ship, you know, everything that they did kind of subverted your expectations for what Star Trek could be. And I just, I just, I've watched every episode of the next generation and I can't say that about any other Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really liked Deep Space Nine. Didn't watch every episode. I really, well, no, I hated Voyager because I couldn't stand Janeway's voice. Like her voice was like nails on a chalkboard to me. So I didn't really like that show. I muscled through m- most of it, uh, but I didn't see all of them. Like Scott Bakula killed it on Enterprise. Yeah. And I watched that show despite that disgusting song that they made us listen to <laughs> at the beginning of every episode but like you know phil says i watched or he watched the 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 worst season of uh next generation i say give me the worst season of next generation over the best season of a lot of stuff any day of the week so having this having uh jean-luc picard back is is very exciting to me and i can't wait to find out what where they're going with this and as i said that you know i i i only watched season one which everyone's like oh man season one was terrible and i was like i enjoyed the hell out of it and the only thing that's keeping me out of watching more star trek is it's very daunting you know it's a giant collection and each episode is an hour which is a lot of it's a lot of time but I mean, even with season one under my belt, like I fell in love with every character on, on, on the ship and to find out. Yes. Especially Wesley. Um, Shut up, Wesley. (laughs) But to see that, I I mean, Riker is coming back. Number one is coming back for the show Hmm. and the, like the Borg is back. Like it's all these great things that people love about Star Trek, which even gets me excited for, for my friends who enjoy Star Trek. So I'm just, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm happy to see that this is coming together as people hoped it would. I have a question for the audience and for you guys. Do you think that we will see the Picard maneuver and the Riker maneuver? When they step over the chairs? That's, that's the Riker maneuver. Yeah. And then the Picard maneuver is when, whenever he sits down, he has to pull his shirt down all the time. If, do you guys really not know what I'm talking about? Uh, hilarious. Look it up on YouTube. Look up the Picard maneuver. It's so funny. He always tugs on his shirt when he sits down or when he stands up because the uniforms didn't fit them right. And yeah. so he would always do that every time. Uh, I wonder if we're going to get to see that because if we don't, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll absolutely see it at least once on Picard and the Riker thing they'll probably throw in when they get a chance. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and uh, Bill, I'm the same uh, as you. I grew up on TNG. Uh, I have fond memories of my youth being a very young kid uh, watching Inspector Gadget and something else for a little while. And then immediately after that would be when my father would watch TNG reruns. And it was almost every day of the week, if I recall correctly. It was like clockwork. It was our night, nightly ritual when I was little. And I would sit there. I didn't hardly ever understand what was really going on because I was so young at the time. 
I loved it. I was like, I loved the technology. I love the, the way the characters interacted. And the, as you mentioned, Picard's approach to things, his analytical approach, uh, his more reserved demeanor and everything. And when I kind of came of age in my early teens, I rediscovered Star Trek and then rediscovered Star Wars at the same time. And I'm one of those oddballs that loves both equally. Yeah, me too. Uh, and cause I kind of, I rediscovered them when I was around, I think 11 or 12. And I was like, these are great. These are both great for different reasons. I like that these, these are different approaches, uh, to, to what humanity among the stars might look like. And I, I've watched a fair amount of TNG. I've watched a lot of deep space nine. I've dabbled in the others a little bit here and there. I absolutely love TNG. I absolutely love deep space nine. Uh, I love these characters. I think they're some of the best sci-fi characters that have ever been made. I think some of the stories that were told on TNG are some of the most important and best sci-fi stories that have ever been told in the mainstream media. And I'm excited to see him do that again without the rigidity of being a Starfleet officer, without the rigidity of having the man, you know, be the, the, the captain of a huge capital ship with literally thousands of lives under his responsibility. He's going to be leading a, a motley crew of renegades, as it's described in one of the interviews with him. Uh, he's going to be leading a small ragtag group, and we're going to, we're going to get a, a rogue story with Picard, and I'm so excited for that. And, yeah, I, I'm just absolutely blown away. Everything visually looks great, too. I mean, we haven't seen everything, but how they got Brent Spiner to look like he did, almost like he did 20 years ago, I, I don't totally understand. <laughs> they must have like the fountain of youth on tap or something. Cause they're like, Oh, come here, come here, Brent. Sign this contract. Think Disney probably won't hold them their tech. <laughs> he probably won't be in too much of it. Cause it's probably really expensive to, to D I, I bet you that they used like computers to de-age him or something, uh, which is bit. probably a lot easier when you look like when you've got the white skin and the yellow eyes and the stuff like that. So my guess is that we're not going to see him in very much of it. I see. And I was thinking that the, that full face pancake makeup that they used 20 years ago is probably a lot lighter than nowadays. So they can add on the extra layers it takes to, you know, mm-hmm. spackle in the creases. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Same way he's used to it. It's just like going back to the makeup chair. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, this, this hit and Star Trek fans, everyone went wild for it. Uh, it was one of the the big things coming out of Comic Con that really got my attention right away. People were chattering about it. Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what comes of it. Uh, let's pop on to. There are a couple of exciting movie trailers that came out that aren't necessarily they're they're franchise continuations, but they're not exactly what everybody would have expected. Uh, first one to talk about was actually Bill. You shared this in Discord, which really put it on my uh, radar initially. <sighs> Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. excited and now he's not excited uh what was your take on it when you saw it bill uh i don't know it it doesn't it's not a very good trailer it doesn't tell me anything about what's going on it's gonna have some cool dog fights i'm sure Mm -hmm. and tom cruise is always like electric when he's on on screen i love tom cruise he's he's fantastic uh so I'm going to watch it. It, uh, Some part of the trailer made me feel like they're retreading some of the same ground. Like there's a bunch of dudes without their shirts on playing volleyball. And then there's a bunch of guys in their Naval uniforms singing a song in a bar. And I'm like, really, you're going to, you're going to please, please, please don't just retell the same damn story. 
No, don't, yeah. Don't just make uh, Tom Cruise Tom Skerritt. Right. You know, because that that would be the mistake that they could that they could easily do. Oh well, we'll just have him take over for Tom Skerritt, and now he's got to deal with some some rough and tumble guy who buzzes by the the tower. Well, and I think that that was a flashback because I'm pretty sure Goose was in that sitting at the piano oh, was it? because okay. yeah because his kid is in the movie. Uh-huh. He's gonna wait. Be Anthony other, Edwards' kid or yes. da- Goose's, uh, Goose's, Goose's kid? Yeah, Goose's kid is gonna be in the movie, and I think that's the guy that Maverick has to take under his wing. So oh yeah. Uh, so you have uh, the the main point in the trailer is you have Ed O'Neill as a as a two star admiral, admiral talking to uh to Maverick and telling him you know you should be a at least a two star admiral by now um you know your storied career and everything uh but you're not you're your captain and basically like oh well he bucked authority he didn't want to advance he just wants to fly planes and that's kind of what they hint at and they they show a little as you mentioned bill a little bit of dogfighting in the trailer uh they show him in what i would deem an experimental flight suit something they would use in something that's cutting edge tech which i thought was kind of interesting uh yeah so i don't exactly know what we're gonna get get here but what i do know is that i grew up in the 80s and 90s watching top gun watching the iron eagle movies Mm -hmm. i love a good old school dogfighting movie i know that they're you know they kind of falsely glorify the military sometimes like they're not really telling the whole story there's ugly parts of it that they leave out of it um it it makes you know america is wonderful and does no wrong and we're always the good guy i get it but i love the tech i I love military tech it's amazing these amazing machines that we created that can do insane incredible things and you can do some really dramatic storytelling in a dogfight and you know it's been done well in star wars it's been done well in Top Gun and other series, and I'm excited to see a modern, you know, dogfighting movie. Hopefully, hopefully, it's like not like yeah, we're just flying test planes the entire movie because I'll be like, <laughs> God damn it, I want some conflict. Uh, so there is a bit of controversy. Uh, Philip, did you have a strong response to this film? Because you seemed like you had no response. I might have seen Top Gun more than any other movie in my life. Really? Really? Other than Star Wars? Yes. Uh, So when I was younger at my grandparents' house, they had the trilogy of Star Wars on VHS and Top Gun. (laughs) So I have watched Top Gun 1 a lot. Uh, I haven't seen a Tom Cruise movie in theaters in 19 years, and I probably will make that streak to 20. But I, I am excited. I mean, that, that trailer really took me back to being six years old, eight years old, or however old I was when, when I was sitting at my grandparents' house. Uh, the fact that Val Kimmer's coming back to reprise Iceman has got me kind of thick. Um, not as thick as Val Kilmer is these days, but still thick. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Paul. Like, I, for some reason, like a good military either war film or or tech movie it gets me going he did there is a throwaway line in there about how uh, you're a dying breed which will be interesting to see if they do bring in some 
you know, because everything's done by drones these days, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how that's handled or what the actual conflict in this movie is. I can see it now. Somebody's going to be sitting there with an Xbox controller and he's going to be fighting them. (laughs) (laughs) So did you just propose Top Gun colon stealth? (laughs) 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 Congratulations, Phil. You're welcome. (laughs) You know, I mean, that is a good point though, because, uh, you know, Aerial warfare has changed. the The nature of it has changed. the The dogfight is largely a thing of the past. Uh, you know, the the fighter craft that are being developed for the future aren't looking to dogfight. They're looking to be, you know, long range surveillance, that kind of stuff. And drones have replaced what you know the role that a a strike fighter like that would traditionally play. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see how they handle handle that because uh, this might be the last hurrah for the the fighter jet movie, right? Mm-hmm. You might not be able to do a traditional. Well, you can do a period piece. Yeah. Well, you period, can, yeah, you say, yeah the one that's not a period piece. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So there is a bit of controversy about the trailer. <gasps> All right. Out there. Uh, so he, he dons a bomber jacket. That's reminiscent of the jacket he wears in the original film, except people have freeze framed it and pointed out that two noteworthy things have been changed about it in that the Taiwanese flag and the Japanese flag have both been changed to flags that nobody knows what they're supposed to mean. Cause they're not, they're not the correct flag for those nations, uh, those entities, if you will. Um, and people are accusing the film of catering to the Chinese mainland government. And there might be some uh, legitimate, you know, wait behind that accusation because Tencent, a huge Chinese corporation who is involved in gaming and lately increasingly involved in films is the big producer on this film. Mm. And so the thought is that they are omitting the, um, the Japanese and the Taiwanese aspect because there is a lot of, uh, Market. you know, well, they're, they're basically trying to appeal to the government and uh, keep, you know, keep things copacetic there. And some people are upset about it. Uh, however, there's been some follow-up on that. And some folks have pointed out that the lettering on the original jacket were um, like the Indian Ocean 85 to 86 referring to – or no, I'm sorry. The original jacket was uh, his father's jacket from Vietnam. And then this one in this film says Indian Ocean uh, cruise – 85 to 86 referring to the events of the first film basically saying oh well this is an updated jacket from that event and this is his jacket i think that's a real cop-out though like it for them to change you know to very clearly change two national flags that are in direct conflict with the chinese government seems pretty interesting we don't do politics here but like we do talk about the impact that the chinese government has on films that go to japan or not japan but china uh video games that go to china the way they lean on those industries and how it's become an increasingly larger portion of like the film the the box office market the video game market and how they have to kind of cater to that new market uh what do you guys think about that have you heard anything about this have you any thoughts i had not heard that until um you said something but it reminds me of our conversation pre-show about the west wing and i'm like oh don't use the green flag chinese hate that green taiwanese flag Mm-hmm. that's a great episode <laughs> nope i didn't hear about it until right now same 
Okay. Well, Sorry. it's a thing. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. No, I, was re- I, was, I apologize. I was reading something else. Uh, no, yeah, it's a, I don't know how much, uh, how much there is to it, but it's, it's something that needs to be looked into, I suppose. Uh, I mean, when, when you have a big Chinese company like Tencent as your main backer, I don't know if you get to not, you know, get to not do something like that if you're told to. It's, uh, it, the weird thing to me is that they wouldn't make it market dependent. So leave mm-hmm. it alone in the American market or anywhere outside of China and then change it for China. Yeah. Just well, like it, every filmmaker does is they change uh, some bullshit for China. I don't know. You, you <laughs> said it. Uh, you said it's kind of a cop out. I don't feel like it's a cop out. It's his jacket. It's not his dad's jacket. He didn't go to those places. So... Well, but the the but new the flags jacket are made up. Yeah, the new jacket. Has, so, for example, the Japanese flag is a white field with a red sun. Red circle. Right? Yeah. This the replacement flag is a white field with a red triangle that has a circular bottom. For example, like a teardrop, if you will, if I recall correctly, or or it's just a triangle shape. And the same thing with the Taiwanese flag. It's something that looks very much like the Taiwanese flag, but it is not the Taiwanese flag. Mm. Which is why I say I think that's a you know it's a cop out to say oh well this is his jacket because it's like you obviously put a jacket on him that has patches that look almost exactly like the original ones but are different to appeal you know to that that callback if you will so what what's the deal with that like because I think if you're if you're going to try to avoid political controversy with the the nation that is one of the a company from a nation that is funding you you just redesign the whole patch altogether right mm-hmm. or you just don't, don't have him wear a stupid jacket who the hell dresses like that anymore well i mean <laughs> he's, he's a rare breed that's dying out yeah. yeah that's true he's a there you go uh you you, you want to introduce this next one yep uh, i do so uh, this was just brought to my attention by a friend of the show, Audrey Kearns, but Hulu has picked up and is developing Guardians, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a TV series for Hulu, uh, which I wanted to bring in real quick since we were talking about good sci-fi coming to different streaming services. Um, and I'm also in the middle of reading hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and i might be one of the only people on this part of the universe that actually enjoyed the movie that came out uh 10 years ago oh, i am so depressed oh my god so good it's a wonderful movie i mean i know it wasn't the books but um yeah so it's being developed it's a second crack of the hulu's a disney company right when it is well, now. it's owned by a bunch of <laughs> well, it is now. Stuff, isn't it? <laughs> it's mostly Disney now because seventy percent now. Yeah. yeah. So this could you know, it'd be a second crack at the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but a TV series is how this third, third, second series. BBC did a series. Well, no, no, no. I said oh. by Disney. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Um, but this is how this this should be handled originally. And I know television back then when the movie came out. Uh, wasn't what television is even close to being right now, but I'm pretty excited because these stories are fun and weird. And I, you know, after watching the movie, I wanted, I wanted more, Uh, you know, I wanted to get stranger and see different planets and finally get to see what this restaurant at the end of the universe was all about. And I don't know how they're going to make this work. I really don't. Um, After finishing restaurant at the end of the universe, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, 
I understood why the second movie was never greenlit because it's almost impossible to do it. So it's going to be, I'm excited to see this uh, hit the streaming service that I actually have access to. Moving on to a, a movie series that I've never seen, nor do I care to, The Terminator is gooing back into existence. Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Uh, all right. So uh, trailer reveal for Terminator Dark Fate. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Every Terminator film since T2, Judgment Day, has been hot garbage. Just just bad. Terminator Salvation, Christian Bale yelled at that poor man who kept getting in the shot and messing him up for no avail. Like, <laughs> no, honestly, I understand why he was frustrated. Uh, <laughs> that, that was probably the best thing that came out of everything after Judgment Day. They, they've been really, really poorly received, really bad, yet they keep getting made. Uh, we have the Christian Bale one, which was Terminator Salvation. Uh, we had Genesis, which I don't remember who was in. I don't remember if anybody cares. Uh, we had the one that, um, uh, why can I not think of her name? Claire Danes? No, Khaleesi. Oh, Daenerys. I know who you're talking Yeah, she played, that, that was, she was Sarah Connor. Yeah, we had that film. Oh. We had a television show, which actually I believe the television show was actually supposed to be pretty good. It was. It was really good. And then I, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because you should watch it. It's awesome. But at the end, uh, because it got canceled, at the end, they throw a curveball and you're just like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? I can't believe what I'm seeing. And then we never got to find out what happened, uh, which was so disappointing because – I don't know what they were about to do, but it was crazy. And I'll tell you after the show if you want to know. All right. Awesome. Well, and we'll have that for the patrons afterwards too. Uh, but the thing about this film, Terminator Dark Fate, I'm excited for this one. And I'll tell you why. Arnie's back. He's been in the last one too, I think. He's back in the flesh. Linda Hamilton is back. There have been reports that Ed Furlong is back. Mm-hmm. We have, and I can't recall her name right now, we have the, the prominent actress from Halt and Catch Fire in this as the new Terminator, it would appear. We have the actor who played Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the new opposing Terminator, the new liquid, uh, liquid Terminator, who appears to be able to be multi-state uh, because there's a scene in the trailer where he's driving a semi-truck, which is... I, you know, I, I don't get it, but Terminator movies like to have Terminators driving semi-trucks because they're big and powerful. Uh, but he, he, he melts his liquid version self off of this, the traditional skeletal frame of a Terminator. The, the skeletal frame keeps driving the semi and the liquid version starts jumping around a la Terminator 2. Uh, it seems cool. Uh, so we, we got the originals coming back. We got Cameron is producing on it, which, and he seems to be heavily involved. It doesn't seem like that. Yeah. I just slapped my name on this. He's, he's helping pimp it. He's talking about how they got everybody to come back. Uh, Tim Miller of Deadpool fame is directing it. And you know, in the, there, uh, there's an extended trailer where uh, they show some behind the scenes stuff. And every two seconds, he's like, we're making a fucking Terminator movie. And he's so excited about it. I think it shows a little bit of promise and I will eat my words in, in some time when this film comes out and it's bad, but I want to see it. It comes out in November. So yeah. 
It'll be a nice pre-Thanksgiving snack yeah. as you eat your goddamn words on this. Uh, I will probably make the same mistake that I made with The Predator and go see it in the theater because I'm a sucker for these classic 80s franchises that I grew up on and that I love. I will. Yeah, but Blade Runner was good. Blade Runner was good, but, yeah. but The Predator was not great. For anybody. Yeah, I enjoyed it for different reasons. Go ahead, Bill. Sorry. That's okay. I, all right. I drink water. That is the only thing I drink. My wife drinks coffee. I smell coffee and I think to myself, oh my God, that smells good. I maybe, maybe I will like coffee this time. And then I pour myself a cup of coffee and I take a sip and I say, that is the most vile garbage that anybody has ever sipped in their life. <laughs> and that's how I feel like this is, this is what happens with the, you're, you're not wrong about the Terminator movies and, and okay. They're not vile garbage. They're, they're, they're fun, stupid nonsense mm-hmm. for the most part. And I have had fun watching these movies, but they don't live up to the hype that is the original and Terminator two. Those two movies are just phenomenal, amazing films. Uh, and you know, they had, they had heart, and these other ones, they just don't have heart. But every time I see a trailer, I'm like, they're going to get it this time. They're going to get it this time. And then they don't. And I get so mad. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're going to get it this time. I do think they're going to get it this time. <laughs> Honestly, it's the combination. Sorry, Chris. I, I just, it's a combination of Tim Miller, Cameron being back to produce, getting all the original cast back. I feel like none of them would have signed. I mean, I guess they would sign up for the big motherfucking movie check. But I don't know, man. Chris, go ahead. Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles. I can't believe River Tam was the was yeah. The, the term. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. I never did see it. <clears throat> I'm looking. It's not available streaming unless you want to pay a buck ninety nine an episode. Oof, so gonna have to go to the high seas for that. Yeah, I see it, But two two seasons, thirty one episodes. I think so. Something like that. Yeah, you're right. Edward Furlong doesn't need money. He's he's <laughs> he's doing great. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope this works out for you boys. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I was pretty stoked when I saw this, 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 this trailer too. I mean, just the thing that had me the most stoked though, is at this point now I want to see uh, Linda Carter Hamilton. or not Linda, Carter, Linda Hamilton. And um, <laughs> no, no, I want to, no, you did it for me. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Um, Linda Hamilton and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis also popped in my, this is the female expendables that I want to see. Oh, oh, hell yes. (laughs) Uh, So one other thing to point out too, is they emphasized how much this is an action flick and it's like, they want it to feel like a roller coaster ride. Basically they want it to be like kind of balls out the entire time. And that's something that Miller kept saying in the behind the scenes stuff. They kept showing some of the fight scenes. The fight scenes do look brutal. Uh, there's this awesome scene where um, the female protagonist is she grabs this giant bar with, which I think has a heavy weight on the end and just mm. completely destroys this Terminator. And it, it looked incredible. And yeah, I mean, if it's, if he brings to this film, what he brought to Deadpool, if he's managed to produce something that looks great, feels great, is exciting to watch. I'm in, I'm in. I won't wait until we see the reviews, but I'm in. It has a budget of a hundred sixty to two hundred million dollars. That's a budget. That is a budget. <laughs> That's a budget. 
It's going to make $14 million. (laughs) (laughs) I I am concerned for Arnie though, because like these two, these two Terminators that they've shown in the previews, the, the, the Terminator proper, and then the female human Terminator hybrid, whatever she turns out to be. And then we're introduced to poor Mr. 800 slash 850 in the cam. Like, is he just like, no, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> this is, I'm already obsolete. I don't need to be dead obsolete. So for those of you who aren't patrons and aren't watching the video posted on YouTube, I just did the thumbs up and had it sink down slowly. Because <laughs> I think we're getting another one of those, man. Arnie can't do this forever. This has to be the last last attempt. Hmm. Uh, Not till the rock takes the hand off. Terminated, <laughs> file my paperwork for my AARP card. <laughs> And so, to, to the point that you just made there, Philip. That's all right. Continue. Not, not that exact point. The point you made about the budget. This has a real budget. Deadpool was made on $58 million. Tim Miller proved that he can make a good movie on a tight budget. I This should work. This should well, work. You also got to think, the budget, where is that budget going? It might be going to the actors to get them to come back. Oh, I'm sure that's some of it. I'm sure the CGI is another part of it with a, you know fully animated uh, liquid Terminator as as done before. And what was Justice League? 300 plus million dollar budget? I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> money doesn't always mean good. Hey. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got one last film to talk about here, and then we're probably going to wrap everything up. We'll, we'll do our, you know, our typical outro here. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. I, I I've been stoked. I I'm constantly following Kevin, and every time he gives me a little, you know, he, he edges me out with his showing me the script cover for Clerks Three or uh, Mallrats the series. I just you know I'm in. I fall for it every time, and then I'm crushed. And now I've got Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and not only not only good lord am I getting Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Everybody is back, and I posted the thing on our on our Facebook page, and I missed it. I must have blinked when it happened, but Ben is in it, and it's like a full-on face shot. I don't know how I missed it the first time I watched the preview, but Holden McNeil is there. Everybody is back. Uh, I love the line from Jay talking about how, oh, that last movie, that star-studded pile of shit, or whatever he says, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Uh, this film is wall-to-wall, big names. Uh, Melissa Benoit is playing Chronic, the new mm-hmm. female Chronic. Uh, Val Kilmer's playing Batman. <laughs> Fat Man. He's Fat playing Batman. Uh, or Blunt Man. Blunt Man. Man. Or Blunt Man, Man is the podcast. Yeah, he just plays right. Fat Man in the real. <laughs> uh, Bet- Affleck is in it. Diedrich Bader is going to be involved again. Uh, there's just so many people. Even James Vanderbeek and Josh Biggs are in it. Yeah, <laughs> Jason, Jason, Biggs. Or Jason Biggs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's who said it. That was who said it at the table at that Comic Con. That yeah. was who said the line about the star-studded piece of shit. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man, uh, I just I love Kevin Smith movies. I know they're not highbrow. They're good, dumb fun. They're probably funnier if you're high. I'm not saying do that or don't do that. That's entirely up to you. But uh, I'm gonna see this movie. I'm gonna have a good time. I might like clerks too. probably never watch it again unless somebody like throws it on and I'm just there and I'm like, all right, I'll just settle in here and watch this again. Uh, Chris, I know you're excited. Philip, what's your take on this? I do not give a hot shit for this at all. I hate you, Philip. Somebody mute him. Somebody mute him. No, 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 no. I really don't. I mean, 
they've tried this before, right? They're just making references to their his old projects. Like, yeah, yeah we we did this works. before. Yeah, it works. Strike Back was great. Uh, okay. Okay. Was it? Okay. Yes, yes it was. Good, good. Listen, yeah. Mallrats was great. Yep, Clark's agreed. Also great. Yep. Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. Man, it's okay. It's it, they had some funny moments. How Clerks do you too. Say chasing Amy. Chasing Amy is chasing wonderful. Amy was also really Dogma good is beautiful. Dogma and is not that's, great. That's uh, I love Dogma, but we, I thought it was okay. Well, that's because you you have a show where you have three Golgothans with you, and you just, <laughs> they're all shit demons. Please, um, I just I don't and care. I'm the angel. <laughs> Yes, sir. This man has no dick. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, it just felt like they were bringing out all the old corpses of past movies, kind of like what they did with Strikes Back. I just, I, I hope it's good. I won't see it in theaters. I probably won't see it even if it comes to a streaming service I own because um, I've just moved on. I've moved on with my life. I like Kevin. I'm happy that Jason Mewes is still alive. It's just, I've moved on, especially for comedy. I feel like what Phil is saying is that he's just too old for this. I'm too old for this shit. I'm really not because my D&D podcast is pretty much just every <laughs> Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, you're just mad that he's edging back into the territory yeah, you claimed. I'm also pissed because Mallrats 2... <sighs> was supposed to be at my local mall that I grew up next to and then he fucking pulled out of there Uh, so you guys heard it here first Phil is mad because Kevin Smith pulled out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're not that kind of show Bill yeah we are we certainly are that kind of show Bill what's your take um I I'm not super excited I I will probably I won't go to see it in the theater because I tend to only go to the movies to see the movies that are like, wow, you have to see that on the big screen. This is not a big screen kind of movie for me. This is a, you know, my wife and I are going to sit down and watch it and laugh our asses off. Uh, and we'll really enjoy it probably, but I'm not going to go see it in the theater. Uh, I will say this. If you are, uh, if you are a fan of Kevin Smith, Make sure you subscribe to him on YouTube because what he does is he will do like his movie reviews and uh, of like the Marvel movies and stuff. And they are just always fun to watch because he's so excited about everything. Absolutely. Uh, So just I'm just going to run through the list here of the people appearing in this film one last time before we get out of here. Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith, uh, his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith is in this. Uh, Aparna Brielle, Shannon Elizabeth comes back, Brian O'Halloran, Jason Lee is back, Joey Lauren Adams is back, uh, Jennifer Schwalbach, Trishel Edmond, uh, Alice Wen. I'm going to hit some that actually stand out to me. Uh, Craig Robinson, hilarious. Joe Manganiello, Manganiello I can never pronounce his name. Uh, Frankie Shaw, Justin Long, Kid Cootie, Jason Biggs, James Vanderbeek, uh, Don, Donnell Rawlings. David Delschmalkian. I recognize that guy. Uh, Kate Makushi, Diedrich Bader, um, Joseph Reitman, Melissa Benoit, Chris Wood, Val Kilmer, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Fred Armisen, who's in the trailer. And then there's a whole bunch of other people, including Nick Cage and Molly Shannon and Rosario Dawson, who are going to appear. Chris Hemsworth. Currently undisclosed roles. Oh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth is in the trailer as well. Robert Kirkman. Dan Fogler, 
Brian the list Quinn. of all these people does not excite me because that means that their their part is like, oh look, there goes Ben Affleck. Oh look, there goes this other person. Like they're not going to have real roles in this because well, if they did, they wouldn't have time to do anything. But it, they don't have to have. Diedrich Bader had one of the best roles in Strikes Back, and it wasn't a real role. <laughs> I, who? I what I loved about Strikes Back is that you kind of got a sketch comedy show as a film, right? You got a whole bunch of little bits in, a, in an overarching film, and we, we don't really see comedies do that anymore. Like, those kind of comedies are, like, dead, aren't they? I'm excited to see it, uh, another take on it again, another try. Uh, the, the scene they showed in the van with uh, Method Man and Red Man looks great. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Red Man, it looks, oh, man. Yeah, that scene's vulgar. Uh, anyways, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, we'll see how, how it all pans out. Um, Jan Silent Bob Strikes Back did not make a lot of money. Uh, look that up. That film had a budget of $22 million and only made $33.8 million. <laughs> but yeah. It's pronounced Kid Cuddy, not Kid Cootie. <laughs> and you Is should. It? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So and that's that experience on that film. That's one of those reasons that I love listening to Kevin Smith on either an evening with or on his podcast. He talks about it. He didn't want to spend that much money on, on that movie. And the studio was like, no, no, take more money. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll play. And I know I'm going to be throwing money at Kevin Smith because I'm not going to see it in the theater. I'm going to do this Jay and Silent Bob reboot road show where you get to go have the little intimate showing at a local uh, venue. And I'm probably going to pay more than $200 to go in. On wow. this yeah. I'm not getting the ultimate package, which is $750. But well, I, I hope you, uh, you're a real gentleman and you swallow. I am going to. Oh, uh, before we get out of here, we have one bit of sad news. Uh, you know, some maybe not an A-list actor, but a, uh, an actor that most, I think a lot of people listening to the show would know of. Uh, Rutger Hauer has, has passed on. Uh, that was just announced today. Uh, apparently his funeral was today. He passed a few days ago. Uh, Rutger Hauer, of course, famous for his role in Blade Runner and Lady Hawk and many, many others. Uh, sad news. He was 75. Um, I know that I'll probably never forget his uh, Blade Runner role, and it's you know it's sad. That being said, that is our show for this week. Please, please, please follow us and review us on iTunes. Go check out GiantSizeTeamUp.com and see all of the plethora of our shows. Uh, click on those links. There's a page for all the streamers, people who stream, shows that stream. Go click on that. Check that out as well. Go to Patreon.com slash BreakingThePanel and, you know, join the club. Get access to that YouTube feed for the live and uncut show where you get to see our ugly mugs and you get to see us uh, belly aching in between, before, between, and after the show. And, uh, you know, to uh, – to somebody who doesn't like to show up to work, you're on notice, dude. We're, we're letting you know. You're on notice. Uh, Bill. Yes, sir. You're our esteemed guest. Tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Uh, go to runjumpstomp.com. That's where uh, all of my shows live. I host Nintendo Switchcraft, a four-day-a-week show all about Nintendo stuff. And I also host a show called Stadia Cast, which comes out uh, every Sunday. And that is all about Google Stadia. So uh, if you like video games and uh, bald weirdos like me, then there you go. Runjumpstomp.com. Philip. <clears throat> yep. 
tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Botch the D&D Podcast, which is a comedy D&D show like South Park plus Game of Thrones. Not because we tell compelling stories, but all your favorite characters die. And uh, Imaginary Nomad on Twitch and Twitter, where I'll be playing Spider-Man from now on. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me every week here on the show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Christoph Wisdom, over on the Facebooks at Chris Wisdom, and usually trolling around the GSTU and uh, uh, breaking, the the Marauder, breaking the panel Facebook page. Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, if, if you hit up the, uh, the Breaking the Panel Facebook page, there's a good chance you're going to be interacting with Chris, so please do. Uh, comment on those posts that we throw out there. We'd love to interact with you and hear your opinions and your thoughts. I am, of course... Soapbox GSTU, also known as Paul Klotz. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Soapbox GSTU. You can find me every Sunday over at GSTU Media on Twitch for the four bromigos of the stream apocalypse. Uh, like everybody else here, you can find me at DragonCon 2019 in just about a month. Oh, yeah. We're getting real close, boys. Uh, yeah, so DragonCon super exciting. Uh, come check us out there if you're in the area, if you're planning to go. Hit us up ahead of time. Uh, we'd love to, to meet and greet, shake your hand. Thank you for your, uh, your time that you spend listening to us talk and spout our foolish opinions on a regular basis. Uh, Charles McFall will likely be returning next week uh, if we don't house the flies in. And yeah, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.